Comedy Pods proudly presents Garrett Teitelbaum. It's nice to see he's working. You might be aware of Little Caesars. Oh, that's yours? That's a Detroit style. No, the oh. official pizza sponsor of It's Nice to See is working, Driftwood Oven, believe it or not. Huh. Our good friends, that's Justin Vetter, cool. Neil Blazin, the official yeah. pizza sponsor. I'm more of a of Papa John's guy. Not so much for their pizza, but just for their ideological for their politics. Yeah, yeah, well, they've stepped away from the NFL. Yeah, well... Finally. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I just don't think people should be kneeling. You're a... a Across the board against kneeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In church, wherever. It's fucked up, dude. I got bad knees. I played football. Yeah. Don't want to be down there. Yeah. Just, just sit. Just, Stand up. Just sit cross-legged. It works so much better. You don't damage your knees. It's a good idea. It's better for everybody. Yeah. yeah. So, now, now, that said, uh, do <laughs> protest police brutality <laughs> every time. Any chance you have to sit. Not stand up, technically. What just sit on the ground, dude. Just, you know, yeah. sign, sign, everywhere, sign. <laughs> Yeah, that's the point of this podcast. Um, I have been doing a segment at the end of the show, but I'm moving it up to the front as almost like a warm-up bonus content for the Patreon members of the beautiful bombshells, the Garrett Teitelbaum It's Nice to See He's Working fan club. Uh, have so Patreon wow. boys. We do. And gals. And gals. Um, so no, that'd be guys and gals. We right. do two that's segments, great. and so instead of trying to save them for the end where they don't really fit, I'm going to just get our energy up and have some fun here on this special bonus content. So uh, very exciting. The My Top Ten, it's nice that he's working list. I actually picked this up with our friend Shannon Norman. Oh, hey. So Max, I okay. went thrifting with my buddy Shannon, and we found this book, and you sure. get to open it to whatever page you want. There's going to be four lists on there, and we're going to pick what the top 10 the three of us have to come up with is. Okay, that sounds wow. good. Uh, now, there, it, unfortunately, it seems as though there are below 666 pages in here, so I can't go to my favorite page. So um, just, <laughs> I don't even know if the pages are numbered, so if you are, they are not? particular, this may I was really hoping in, in lieu of a 666, I'd get a 420, but uh, <laughs> I guess, no, there's no numbers on this motherfucker. You could look. I mean, there's four lists per page, so you could find the 666th list, maybe. Uh, th- but there's but if the pages aren't numbers, I would just have to actually count out. You'd have to count there probably are. We could do math. I mean, yeah. you still have to count the a, pages. A fourth of that number, right? The devil's number. Um, we can. How about this? For <laughs> uh, comedic effect, we will pretend that we take a break, and then you just pick whatever list you want, and we'll tell people. Sure, sure, sure. All okay. right. So let's pause for a second. Yep. All right. After our pretend pretend break, uh, <laughs> so I found uh, the page. 69. <laughs> nice. Uh, you paid for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So there are... One of these is already done by, by Isaac Crow. Uh, a lost episode. <laughs> oh, all right. I'll just... So did I just go through what he had then? You, yeah, we'll just read Isaac's list and we'll sure. call, it a, call it a day. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's, it's top 10 breakfast foods. Oh, I love oh. breakfast. Yeah, breakfast yeah, yeah, yeah. Foods. But you know what? Let's... Okay, let's actually do this top 10. Okay. Should we do like an actual one? <laughs> What's the list next to this one? And if it's no good, we'll just double down on breakfast. That sounds so good. Top, top the, but the next one is soups. And I'm fucking way down for well, that. Well, I love top 10 soups. Hell yeah. I dude. could play that game all day. Right. You feel good about soups or do you want to stick with breakfast? I feel great about soups. Kate, we feel good about soups? I, yes, I do. I'm going to give you the official It's Nice He's Working pen, which you can use at Trivia every Thursday at the Beer Hive, where oh. Garrett Teitelbaum puts together a great playlist. That's walking distance you, from where I live. Oh, my goodness. You could be a regular oh. 7 o'clock Thursday nights at the Beer Hive. You know what? 
I'll make a note of that, but text me about a half hour before I'm supposed to be there. Uh, and you'll be there. It, without any warning earlier in the day. <laughs> Thought about texting you earlier in the day. <laughs> Didn't do it. So yeah. Max remembers. We texted. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'm, I'm going to put down my top 10 favorite soups, and then we're going to go over them. We'll work together. So oh, we'll you, work together. if you think you can do 10 without Kate or I's help, oh. I, I guess go ahead. It seems less fun. It does seem less fun. Yeah. Uh, soups. So first, we're going to start off with you because you're the host here. So Garrett, <laughs> R-R-E-T-T. Do we all have to agree on this? Comma, Kate, <laughs> comma, and... So I've given up the idea that we can ever really rank 10 things as yeah, a collective. But I think hard. we can come up with our 10. So then that's really only two or three per person. Yeah. I don't yeah, like to play favorites. A with very soups. manageable number, I'd say so. And we're gonna let's let's start from the bottom. I'd say right. Number you want to go to number ten? Well, we, I don't want to just <laughs> blurt out my favorite soup. Okay, what do you think is a uh, a great soup, but maybe not the best soup? I'll put like a minestrone in there. I'm okay with that. I'm yeah. not a huge minestrone fan. Yeah. It's fine. Right. It's a, it's a whatever soup. It's a it's a soup that it's a place. It's something that you can go to the Olive Garden and be like, I don't <laughs> like that I'm here. I'll have a minestrone soup. Everything. If, will be you know what? If I'm at the Olive Garden, I'm going with a zuppa. I like a potato soup. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, all right. No, I, no. You got to. I mean, you got to get some sort of soup at the Olive Garden because there's no way you're not going to not house like six of them breadsticks. Soup salad and breadsticks. Fuck, yeah, the best yeah. deal in the country. Mm-hmm. Can <laughs> the I best. Ask, what's the difference between fajol and minestrone? They seem similar. Uh, going to defer to Max on this one. Yeah, I'm asking don't. you. No. <laughs> okay. I'm going to... Uh, Pass it back. All right. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So number nine, what is slightly better than minestrone? You can name nearly any soup. You know what I'm going to go with? And it's going to be lower than a lot of people would expect because it's a classic. Tomato. Oh, hmm. dude. Tomato is solid. That's a great soup, hmm. but not ever on its own. You gotta have a grilled cheese sandwich. You gotta That's have why that grilled cheese. If you have it as a combo, maybe number one, possibly two, but just tomato soup by itself, and that's mm. the list. Top ten soups. Sure. Down at nine. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Now there's also just, just I've had myself a bad tomato soup before. Yeah. There's a there's it's easy to disappoint with a tomato soup. It is. That's true. But it's yeah. also fun when you have a really good one and you're like, what? I didn't know you. It's, it's so oh, creamy. Shit. It's perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, all right, number eight. Do you have a, a soup that you've been thinking? Uh, I'd say leek and potato. Leek and potato. I really like leek and potato, but I think that it lacks... It does, it's not quite substantial enough, I think, to be... A top five soup. A top five soup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's be realistic. I don't think it can crack crack the top five. Now, the question about leek and potato soup, that is a creamy soup, right? We're talking immersion blender style? Not necessarily. Okay. It can be. It's like potato chunks with leek, like not not like a creamy style. All right, sure, sure, sure. No, it's pretty simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Leek, apostrophe, and apostrophe potato. <laughs> cool. Uh, all right. Feeling good around number seven now. Number seven. We're moving up. We're moving up. And I'd, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say I, I like me a black bean soup. A simple one. Oh, okay. Yeah. But a nice, a classic. It's a good soup. God damn it. It is. Yeah. Who's it's mad good. about that one? 
Probably Trump. Trump. Yeah. In right? A, in this day and age? Because of his ice is mad about it anyway. Hispanics use black beans Political. in many of their dishes. Yeah. yeah. Black. And also, it's black It contains beans. the word yeah. black. <laughs> Ugh. Woof. <laughs> he doesn't like anything black. I'm going to throw another one on here. Okay. French onion. Hell yeah, mm. dog. I think that's a great Hell soup. yeah. I totally forgot about French onion. Great soup. I'm very stoked that you said <laughs> French onion. It's a quality soup. Oh, just that cheese layer. It's yeah. like you took the idea of hot liquid and you're like, what could we do to make it better? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cover that in cheese. <sighs> and oh. bread. Yeah. Get the bread oh, and the cheese. Yeah. The crouton. Get some croutons in there. Yeah. French onion. All right. That's a good Oh, you know what? Not a first date soup. But a great soup. That's not a first date soup. That's a that's a that's a winter after you've been dating for a long. That's time a comfortable soup. relationship soup. Yeah, mm-hmm. you that's can get some. You... you can get some farts out of that one. <laughs> that's yeah, a farty that's, soup. That's a that's got that's got some distance on it. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> trust me, you'll want distance from your loved one. Uh, <laughs> soup number five. Um, mushroom. Mushroom, like a cream of mushroom yeah. soup. Or yeah. like a mushroom barley. What are we talking about here? Just, Just mushroom? mushroom. I don't. It's similar it... to an onion soup, but it's huh. mushrooms. Use dried mushrooms and then fresh mushrooms. And okay. Yeah. I've never had. I, I don't think I've ever had a mushroom soup. Oh, it's great. All right. It's really good. There's wine in it. I mean, I love mushrooms. So. I love mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, not a fan. Then I grew up. Love yeah. them now. Then you yeah. learn your goddamn lesson. You're like, hey, grill those up with some onions. Mm-hmm. Now you got a burger topping. We're all happy. Fuck yeah. I think that's the sign of maturity. Is onions? Yeah. Or, and the, mushrooms. The sign of maturity is onions. <laughs> Just now I'm willing to eat a mushroom. Okay. Yeah, all right. mushrooms. The, now we're into serious competitive territory. We yeah. can't throw anything up There's here not... that we don't feel great about. Absolutely. These are the top four top soups. four soups. <laughs> and I'm going to... I I hope that no one is pissed off here, but I am very uh, very serious about this number four pick. It is one of my favorite soups of all time. I like making it. I like eating it. I like the smell of it. Sure. I like the way it uh, makes me feel in my tummy. Okay. You like the mouth feel? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> miso. Miso's a great I'm a miso soup. soup fan. Really good soup, yeah. That's a really good one. Yeah. Now I feel like with only three to go, I have... A plethora that I would like to put on here. Sure. But we've we've given away so many of well, these I, lower spots. I am surprised we have not gotten into one argument yet. Hmm. We ha- we're a very agreeable bunch so yeah. far. No, no, no. Not about the Don't soup. Don't know each other that well. Right, right. Well, <laughs> not, not about the, the soup styles themselves, the, these soups themselves, because these are all soups. Yes. Now, <laughs> this is the next question. Okay, yeah. So, I, I, I think the list would be... A fallacy if it didn't include a clam chowder. See, mm. that's exactly what I'm talking about. Is a chowder a soup? <sighs> I grew up in Cincinnati where skyline chili is very big. Mm-hmm. In some parts of the world, chili is prepared like a soup. It's got a tomato base. But are we talking right. that this is a legitimate soup on its own? Right. And I don't that know if it That is where does. it gets tough. Because I like if, if chili's a soup, then chili's number one. Number one, no Every question. Every fucking time. Yeah. I, who would argue? But, but I think it's but, too well, dense. It, yeah, I'd say it's too dense. It's it's uh, yeah, it's not doesn't have it's not quite a runny enough to be a soup. Runny is such a shitty adjective. <laughs> uh, the br- no one is the broth is not the star of any chili. Right. Right. That yeah. is. I'd say that that's uh, if you got 
too many topic or too much broth and not enough toppings, mm-hmm. you're just leftover chili at that point. Yeah, I mean, every single time you're making chili, you're walking on a razor's edge. You know, you don't want it too runny, you don't want it too thick. So you I'm wanna... I'm gonna go ahead and but say, so the chowder <laughs> is chowder acceptable? I'm gonna say chili, no. All right, yeah. so chili is if that influences right your your choice, then go for it. But sure does chowder chowder. You know what I. Uh, I would say that a chowder falls in the soup category. You got a clam, you got a corn. There are probably others. Yes. Several chowders out there. At least this two. Is, this is a chunky, creamy soup we're talking. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Now, the question is, you just said a clam chowder. Don't pick the wrong one. Sure. You have to. <laughs> I, for me, the white clam chowder is the only one that I yeah. enjoy. You are damn right. Yeah. I don't know about Boston's need to go red. Uh, well, no. What? No. New England is white. Who's the red one? Manhattan. Manhattan. The New Yorkers. The Manhattan clam chowder yeah. is the uh, is the red one. It's like a tomato. That big apple. Tomato base. Yeah. Well, Boston, this is actually you're all right by me. <clears throat> so New England clam chowder number. I'm going three. three. I'm comfortable at three. Here's the thing. It's just sidetrack tangent here. Uh, a thing that pissed me off about uh, Ace Ace Ventura: Pet Detective. Okay. Jim Carrey's best role. Remember <laughs> when he when he <laughs> debatable that Ace Ventura's his best role? Yeah, what would be Lloyd Christmas, Dumb and Dumber? Okay, all right, there is a debate to be had there. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I know it didn't get a se- well, it did get two sequels. Jeez. <laughs> uh, anyway, when uh, Jim Carrey is walking through the Cannibal Corpse show, and then he has to go meet his buddy, who's like has all those crazy secrets and stuff, and he has to like tell the password to him. He goes. <laughs> And there's like, what's the password? He goes, New England clam chowder. And then the guy behind the door asks, is, is that the red or the white? What? The red <laughs> is Manhattan. It's not New England clam chowder. I don't like the writing in that. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck Bouncer at Cannibal Corpse concert in Jim Carrey's second best film. <laughs> okay. Really? Okay. Uh, Man on the Moon. Good, not great. Oh, all right. Um, <laughs> all right. Number two, soup. Mm. I don't really know if this is the right place to put this. Your last this, one was mushroom. Yeah. So I stand by that. Stand by that as right, a Right, I'm just saying. It's a, a lackluster. <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> well, at least in popularity. Well, I had nothing to say about Mother of Sue because I have never had it. Okay. All right. Well, fuh. But I don't mm. know if that should be a number one. Because it is a noodle soup. Because it's... Because it's specifically a noodle soup. Yeah. How about this? We go, because I'm going to feel bad if matzo ball soup doesn't make it on the yeah. list. So we'll just go international soups <laughs> as, <laughs> as a broad category to include pho and nope, you're against this idea already. What? No. I mean, I just have a feeling that I'm, it's going to be hard to determine number one. It will. Yeah. It will. I think and, this is where the real debate will come in. I mean, right. I feel like things are really getting... And as soups go... Pho, very popular in this pho, day and age. I like right. pho. It's grown a lot like in the pho. last 10 years. But I don't think it definitely it definitely doesn't beat out New England clam chowder. I think you're you're probably right. Mm, I think yeah. that's it tough depends for how you feel about two. how do you feel about a cream-based soup? I like me a cream-based soup. This I like is, I like I'm a big soup fan. I like soup too. I'm a, I'm a soupman. <laughs> my, my my own self. Sure. Uh, one thing I'm a little concerned about though is Tom Ka isn't making it anywhere on here. Because we have to oh, have... Oh, that uh, Thai seafood soup? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a good one. It's a good With one. the coconut? 
Yeah, yeah no, that's, yeah, yeah, that's a good one, too. I feel like maybe I should replace Mushroom with that. There's no going back. Mm. Mushroom <laughs> is on there permanently. This is okay. an official record. Yeah. All right. Then I'm just going to say pho number two. Pho number two. All right. Pho number All right. two on yeah. the list. Max, take us home. Hot and sour, baby. Hot and sour Hot and soup. sour. You have a good one? It's great. You have a bad one? You're probably getting other shitty Chinese food. You're feeling good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, sign the book, the both of you, and one day maybe it'll end up for sale. <laughs> <laughs> Who's to say what our fans... You, you, for sale running? for the third time. At a thrift yeah. store. <laughs> because you did get <laughs> this from a thrift store. Either true. it was purchased. No, no. That means for sale for a fourth time because a bookstore bought this. Didn't Someone bought it. it from there. <laughs> then they sold it to a thrift store. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I already put our names on there. I didn't sign it. Let me sign it. Let me give the old... <laughs> the old John Hancock. The old John Hancock. There you go. And then the other segment we have been doing kind of plays into a little bit of what you've got going on with your online persona, Max, because I go into... What's, what's my... Oh, no, no, no. I, need to, I don't <laughs> know my brand. So what is my online persona? Uh, denim and... <laughs> Oh, that's <laughs> music. Well, I saw that you were doing a Doors podcast, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, with yeah. a friend of miniseries, and so I have been going through the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and deep diving into a number of different artists. Oh, and right. So each episode, I pick or I give my guest the list of who was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for that year's episode. Mm-hmm. So we're on episode one hundred three, two thousand and three. So we're going to look at who got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and together you two have to pick who is your favorite of this group of musicians, and then I have to start listening to them with all of the other bands that I've gotten yeah, man. from my other guests. I'll tell you right now, ZZ Top. Didn't get in in 03. Damn it. I was really hoping that I would have gotten one, just, <laughs> just on saying some random shit. Oh, fuck. But not, not a bad year. We've had some weaker years. This one's pretty good. ACDC, oh. Elvis Costello and the Attractions, oh. The Righteous Brothers, The Clash, and The Police. The newest members of ACDC, ACDC, all the way. Oh, every time. Uh oh, we might see. Have a I'm debate. a really, I'm a big Stuart Copeland fan, so I like the Police. Oh, he played drums in the Police. Okay, yeah, he's all a right. really good drummer. Huh? Can right. you name the drummer from ACDC? The he's an Australian one. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Got it right there. Got it. <laughs> I can't name. Uh, I can name two members of ACDC. Uh, bon Scott. Yep, got him. Angus Young. That's it. That's also what I got. remember. Yeah, and I can name one member of Elvis Costello and the Attractions. So, <laughs> and that is Elvis Costello. Costello. I guess for this one, I've never had two guests not be able to come up with a uh, consensus. So we'll have a contest here in this bonus episode. Sure. (laughs) Okay. We're going to go song for song. Who can name the most songs by their artist. Oh. And then. Fuck yeah, dude. Well, he's going to win because I don't know. (laughs) Well, you get to go first then. You can get your first police song. All right. Synchronicity one. Walking on the moon. Fuck. Um, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> shit. She blew the whole contest. <laughs> the police are She's got the winners. jack. <laughs> you can what? use You can use walking on the moon <laughs> if you want. All right. Well, I'm not going to. Okay. 
Synchronicity 2. Ah, <laughs> all right. Both on the album Synchronicity. Big balls. That's a great one. Hell yeah. Yeah. Walking we, on the moon. Uh, Hell's Bells. Wrapped Around Your Finger. Another great one. It's a Long Way to the Top. Open parentheses if you want to rock and roll. Close parentheses. Uh, do, 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 da, da, da. Okay. Best song. Uh, shook Me All Night Long. Um, I forget if I said this. Um, don't Stand So Close to Me. Still good. Uh, mm-hmm. Back in Black. True story. Every, every breath you take. Yep. Uh, uh, sh- Whoa, this is getting hard now. Why did it get hard? All of a sudden, I had one picked. Um, uh, high Voltage. <laughs> Tea in the Sahara. Nice. It's going much longer than anticipated. I really did not expect this to happen. Um, <laughs> did I already see Hell's Bells? You did. Okay. Yeah. Um Fuck, I can't. I'm blanking. I'm blanking on it. Shit. But does this mean... This means that the police is the better band? They're the winners of the contest (laughs) and the band that I will be listening to because you've been thunderstruck. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck! It's our ACDC contest. Nobody can name more ACDC songs than any other band. The police, great. I love them. Mm. All right, well, let's... I mean, Walking on the Moon is a good... Like neo ska song, it's pretty good. It's not even like third wave though. It's anyway. Uh, they have a lot of fun songs, and the percussion is great. Mm. I will say, fair enough. <laughs> Stuart Copeland, one of the greats. Sure, that guy I've never heard of. He did a band when I was in high school. He had a side project with um, Les Claypool and <sighs> somebody else. There was a third member, and I don't remember what it was called. But that's the only reason I know Stuart mm. Copeland as a. Standalone musician, although I know he's done quite a bit since he left. The only Copeland left the I give a fuck about is Aaron. And does anyone, Aaron Copeland? He's a classical. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Aaron Copeland? Yeah. He sounds familiar. What does he do? Uh, he uh, wrote Appalachian Spring, I believe. This is his uh, kind of best known uh, classical work. Oh. Yeah. I don't know him. Denim boy gets him again. (laughs) (laughs) That profile always out there. All right. Well, welcome to an exciting episode of Garrett Teitelbaum. It's nice to see he's working. Episode 103. It is the middle of April, and hopefully that sun is shining because we have not one, but two wonderful guests today, members of the Pittsburgh comedy community, Kate Haggerty. Yeah. And Max Boyajian. Boyajian. I'll just say, every single time that I'm brought up, I'll just fucking say it. It's better (laughs) to get out ahead of it, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay. (laughs) In doing stand-up, how how many different pronunciations have there been attempted? Is it more or less than substitute teachers having issues (laughs) when you were a kid? God. Well, I've been on stage enough times that it way outranks... uh, Substitute teachers okay. getting my name wrong, um, or even not substitute teachers. There was there was a math teacher that I had that just said it wrong all the time. Hey, Booza J, what? <laughs> I keep throwing in a lot. I'm of here letters. literally every day of the week. You are too. 
how are you fucking this up? <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's a it's a great. It's you know what I should have stayed with my regular name instead of getting a stage name that can, no one could produce. But it's harder to pronounce. You know, you made your life more. Difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What brought you to Pittsburgh? Because you have just moved here from New York City, where you were yeah. performing comedy. You've been here for a couple months now. Yeah, settling into the uh, the Midwest vibe that we have here. Uh, yeah, man, I'm all about the Rust Belt. Yeah, um, you've been invested in the Rust Belt for a long time. Yeah, I actually have family in Cleveland too, and like I've grew, I grew up a little bit in Cleveland. Um, I mean, I like the area. So, nice. uh, the reason I moved was because I was sick of being uh, poor. <laughs> New York makes it difficult to afford life. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not the best place to not have money. But it's really easy to not have money. I'll tell you that. <laughs> How long were you doing comedy in New York City? Uh, too long. Like seven or eight years. Okay. Um, I started in New York, which was, which if anyone is listening to this podcast and hasn't started comedy and is thinking about moving to New York or LA or whatever, don't start there. Start where you're at, <laughs> then move. Get a good base of experience. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, but it's not only that, it's just the fact that when you get to a larger, uh, city with a little bit of experience under your belt, maybe knowing a couple people, it just makes it a little bit easier. You get kind of welcomed to the city and get a, some shows uh, under your belt and things like that. Yeah. Good yeah. to get experience. Good to be seen and good to be able to deliver when people put you in a position to do sure. well. Yeah. Now, Kate, I met you uh, a few weeks ago. How did you find the comedy community here in Pittsburgh? Actually, I auditioned for a house team with Woody. With unplanned comedy players on Thursday nights? Yeah. At the warehouse? Yeah. And how has the team been going? That's great. Yeah. We're called My Dog Carl, and we've been together for about six months now. Nice. Friends of the podcast, uh, Ryan Canty and... Yeah. I think Jeff Mara, also from your team. Yeah. They've both been here on the show before. So we've Yo, got to talk a little bit about. Though. Whoa. <laughs> I don't know either of them. New to the city. Max taking shots at the other people in town. Yeah. yeah. I'll talk shit on. You name someone. I'll talk shit on him. <laughs> Man, mm. you are. He's, he's on a, fire. He's a real rebel, this guy. Yeah. Denim. <laughs> got a real denim vibe from mm-hmm. you. So as a New York City hipster. How yeah. <laughs> many jackets made of denim do you own? Uh, I have uh, I have one. It's all I could afford. <laughs> this one this one is very old. I'll show you. It is falling apart currently. It's Aww, yeah. that sad little button. And here's the problem: is I would I do have the money to buy a used jean jacket. Sure, but none of them fit me. It's a high. It's like a high demand item. So I've gone thrifting. Upwards of 15 times, specifically looking for a denim jacket. To no avail. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I got uh, I got a jean vest, though. Mm. It has a pretty cool back patch on it. A I'm a very cool patch. guy. <laughs> that is what we're trying to get across here. Max <laughs> is from New York, and he is cool. Cooler yep. than you, Rust Belt kids. Yeah. I hope you enjoy your uh, living in the suburbs and driving a minivan that you got. From your dad's HVAC company or whatever. I don't, who gives a shit? <laughs> Talk to me about starting in a city that is so large and competitive uh, as a stand-up community uh, that New York has. Um, I mean, it, it was actually uh, pretty 
welcoming up top. I found this like little nook of people that were a lot of them were just starting uh, comedy at the time, and um, I ended up starting to run an open mic pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, it was it was weird actually trying to get my first mic under my belt because I, I had been watching comedy for a really long time. I've I have always loved stand up, but the the hardest thing was going like, all right, so I know the deal is I go to an open mic and then I put my name in a bucket and <laughs> or like maybe not a bucket, but like I didn't even know about the buckets. I was just like, all right, so I, I know that you go to an open mic and then you have your set and you do it and yeah, whatever. For, for listeners who are either from smaller cities like here in Pittsburgh or maybe not familiar because we really haven't, we had one mic who did it briefly. The bucket system mm. is where you do not know where you're going up in the show and they legitimately just draw names as the show progresses Yeah, and uh, you get told that it's your turn and then you go up. Yeah, I mean, usually uh, you'll get like a few... They give you names off the bat. It's not just like, you know, but, um, uh, yeah, I, so when I was there, I, I moved there. I was, was working at a bicycle shop and I was just like, I have no purpose to my life at all. I want to start doing comedy. And, uh, I found this open mic and I went to the mic and I just kind of sat there and watched to see what was going on. Um, and, uh, I mean, it was it, like some of the people at that mic are doing pretty well now. It's crazy to like just go. But regardless, uh, I talked to one of the hosts after and was like, hey, I've uh, been wanting to do this for a while. I've never done it before. How do I get? And they gave me an email. It was like an email in for your spot, Mike. Um, and I think I emailed for. About five weeks before they even put me on. <laughs> uh, so my first mic was not there. <laughs> my first mic was at a place that uh, no longer exists. Or no, my first mic was at Eastville Comedy Club. Uh, and it was just like a bucket mic, you know, pay five bucks, go up. Pay oh, yeah. pay, paying four mics. This is a fun big city thing. <laughs> um, well, the venue has to make some money and comics are just ordering water if they can. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it was five bucks actually for a, it was just buy a drink and the ah, drink sure. was five bucks. But, um, yeah, that mic that I emailed to though, after, after five weeks, my six week email was <laughs> instead of like, Hey, can I get on your show? It was just come on. <laughs> and then they put me up. <laughs> now it's your turn. Yeah. <laughs> now, now that you, we've upset you do jokes for us. <laughs> um, do you remember any of those early jokes? Is there anything that sticks with the set now? Or maybe not early bombs, but do you remember that first hit, the first joke that made you feel like you could pull it out and you could get an audience on your side if it wasn't going well? Yeah, um, I mean, I got laughs with my my first set. Uh, there's definitely nothing that I still use. Uh, oh, man. I'm just so fucking embarrassed of my first joke ever. And I'm not going to say it. <laughs> it's, it's just like, oh, wow, what a horrible person I was. Um but I spent probably a month thinking about my first like five minute set, yeah, and, like going over it in my head, like what jokes do I want to do? Um, and I ended up uh, doing a, a fairly long bit about um, my love of Jeopardy. Like the, I still love the show Jeopardy, it's a good topic, and I wish yeah. that there were. I like. I mean, I people think, like it. Yeah, it's thinking back on it now, phenomenon. like I, I might as well try to write something about it. Just. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, my joke was just about how they, um, after the first round, uh, there's the commercial break, and when they come back, they always interview the three contestants, right. and they always have the worst fucking stories every time. <laughs> like, no matter no matter what, their story is just like, we lost our cat, uh, then it came back. And Alex is like fascinating. <laughs> every like just so fucking boring every time. John, it says that you uh, collect baseball cards. Do you That's have right any I do. anecdotes about a you know a particularly difficult card to get? Um, uh, I just uh, the the hard the hardest one for me was the the tops. Raleigh Fingers card. Uh-huh, that's uh, fascinating. Yeah, I got one, and the uh, the edges were sort of frayed. Good mustache on a guy like that. Mm-hmm. Moving on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, Alex Trebek. What a job, though. If oh. that's There are so many routes you can go in comedy that people will be like, that's my dream job. I would be very okay if I ended up in a you know host. show host position. Oh, fuck I, yeah, I, dude. I live for that moment. I'd be all about it. Please, Do if you, remember- you are a fan of this podcast, then you have a game show that you need a host for. Garrett Teitelbaum. It's a long shot, but you might as well put yourself out there. <laughs> hey, I'm soliciting work wherever I can get it. Kate, you ever host a game show? <laughs> game show? <laughs> no, but I do have my own game show. What? If you're interested in a job. Yeah, this is perfect. <laughs> so previous to going out for a house team here at Unplanned, um, what was your background on stage? Oh, acting. Predominantly acting. plays. Normal theater people? Pretty normal. How if does you can call it that. Yeah, well, that's what I was about to ask. How do the, <laughs> the weirdos of the theater industry, because I have some film experience, not as much on stage, but how does that compare to the weirdos of the comedy community? I think that they would like each other a lot. I mean, there's, there is a lot in common that they share, and a lot of it is that I think people who get into that are very sensitive and have something they want to express and like having the opportunity to to work with other people and get close. I think one thing with general theater people is that they tend to be more uh, they want to they want to really feel feelings deeply. So there's sure. a lot of like emotion. Usually a lot of I don't know, intensity, crying, that kind of thing. Trying to step into somebody else's shoes yeah. for a, a moment. Yeah. Do you have a preference, uh, now that you've done improv for six months or so now, um, as far as getting a character that somebody has written that's either like a known you know, play that we've all grown up reading that we're all familiar with or creating something on your own that's never been done before, um, like you get to do in improv with my dog, Carl? Mm. Well, I... Uh... <laughs> I actually decided to stick with improv instead of doing um, regular theatrical auditions. I was in a play and I quit because I would rather do this. Yeah? Yeah. It's a challenge. It's in a lot of ways a lot harder. Sure. You know. You're doing it all on your own and you're writing a play in the moment, which is what I always liked about improv when I started doing that. Yeah. Um, Max, did you have any improv experience in New York? I know that it's, yeah. it certainly has its... Uh, no, I look down upon it size. and uh, think it better than <laughs> anyone that does it. Wow. <laughs> well, I know that you hate the teammates on My Dead Carl, but I didn't know you, you hated everybody. Let me, let's, look at, let's get into this. I hate Sting and the police. I hate uh, improv. 
No. Um, yeah, he's really trying to start a fight. I'm not biting. <laughs> I'm just, look, I just... <laughs> That's the mature attitude over the table. <laughs> um, no, I actually always... I really wanted to try improv for uh, a, a really long time. Uh, I don't like the financial commitment. Sure. Uh, I, idea and... Uh, it, I mean, cause, because it ends up that if you have friends that do comedy, you end up, like, improving bits no matter what. Like, if you have friends that are, like, fun at, and good at, like, playing... You can riff and have you'll, a good you'll, time. Yeah, you'll riff up a bit anyway. So, like, there's just, like, you know, I'll be at... This is a very specific bar, but I'd be at a bar with my friends, and then just suddenly we'd all have Australian accents and just... Well, we Same. walked ourselves into a game as far as the Jeopardy thing just a minute ago. Right, absolutely. It's not hard to find the game if you're looking for it and you're with like-minded, fun people, which is at least what you get when you're on an improv team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so with the format that you've gotten to do with My Dog Carl, um, have you looked into doing any other improv groups or smaller teams, duos, trios, or do you have goals for the next six months as you continue with this program? Yeah, I'll, I'm in another group as well uh, called The Great Unwashed. Nice, and, I like that. It's a good um, name. That is a good it name. It is a fun name. That's one name. of the more annoyingly frustrating parts of being on an improv team is trying to come up with a name that everyone is okay with, at yeah. least in my experiences. Oh, it took us a long time. Yeah, yeah my dog Great Carl Unwashed I like really, a lot, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was Woody's. Woody's on it, Megan Klein. Who's Megan Klein, another friend of the podcast, interviewed yeah. me on my 30th birthday special episode way back in 2016. What? Yeah. We're 100 plus episodes in. This is a yeah, very successful enough. podcast. I know you just moved here from the big city, but here in Pittsburgh. I've been on some pretty successful podcasts, here let me tell you. It's nice to see he's working. Dozens of listeners. Um, 2,200 in the month of March. Word? 2,200 wow. people listened to us, unique huh? listeners last ah, month. So that thank is real you good. for That's tuning great. in. We are very pleased that anyone chooses to listen to the show, but always thankful for each and every one of our few listeners. <laughs> hi, hi, Mom. <laughs> hey, Dad. Hey, is, is, are they still married? Nope. Okay. Did she change her name back? Uh, never changed it in the first place. Oh, oh. that's fucking tight, dude. Yeah. My mom didn't either. Maiden yeah. name for life. Moms are tough. Yeah, dude. Yeah. You get raised the right way. Thanks, Mom. Single mom. Regular ass name. <laughs> What's your mother's maiden name? Uh, the one you read. The one that's on her birth certificate. Yeah. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Hells yeah. Give it up for mom. Um, is your, you moved around a lot when you were a kid. Uh, I did. Where are your parents based now? Or where's your uh, mother based? My, my mom has moved around far more than I have. Uh, I, uh, my mom right now lives in Glen Mills, PA. From having lived in New York and then in Seattle and then previously in New York and then previously in Tampa. Like, wow, she's she's a lunatic. Bounced around a lot. Mm -hmm. Her family's the one in Cleveland, though, trying to end up closer to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're I mean, uh, my aunt and uncle that live there have been in the Cleveland public school system or like Cleveland and Cleveland adjacent public school system for the the past 40 years. Nice. Um, Just good, good salt of the earth 
Midwest folk. Mid- Midwest Jews. Real nice. Like them. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a few of us that are pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, there's not a ton in the middle of the state, but Cincinnati and Cleveland both have nice uh, Hebrew populations. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Colum- that Columbus is supposed to be like the slice of life of America, isn't it? Like this has like Columbus. They do a lot of um, like fast food testing. It's yeah, a, it's right. A test market for a lot of fast food yeah. stuff because that's R.I.P. Like, original Wendy's. That's true. I have that's a fo- photo of me at that Wendy's when I was a young lad. Oh, I know. I I ate at that Wendy's. I don't think I have a photo. I feel real bad. It's in one of the photo albums my mom made for my high school graduation. Shout out to moms, Leslie. You're the Bob best. Dukes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, Dave Thomas is the best goddamn spokesperson, though, right? Oh, like he really he's just was. looking. He just played a sucker so well. Oh man, just a big smiley guy trying to get yeah. you to eat his hamburgers. Mm-hmm. Do you know why they don't, uh, or why do they have square hamburgers at Wendy's? I I don't know this. It's because they don't cut corners. Oh, oh shit! Yeah, advertising. <laughs> Fuck yeah, <laughs> Wendy's. You got us. Good. <laughs> Damn, them baked potato ass having motherfuckers. <laughs> I, no, you don't have to apologize. This no, is a very I, you know what? I shouldn't be cursing this much, but I just casual. got real stoked about them baked potatoes. <laughs> and they have the best spiky, spicy chicken sandwich. You cannot fuck with it. I don't even eat meat anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Their spicy chicken sandwich is so fucking good. It is very tasty. It is. God damn it's it. It's true. Oh, All right, we're going to get them yeah. after the episode. We're going to pause now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go get some spicy chickens down the block. Come back. <laughs> wow, that was good. <laughs> Max was not lying. That is a good a chicken good sandwich. Plus, they have that terrible lettuce. It's like just <laughs> so shredded, just falls off your sandwich. Yeah. No, why is it even there? Ugh. Now, Max, I know you're a bike enthusiast, you're big uh, <laughs> yes. cycle man. I, uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a cycle aficionado, <laughs> a bike boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. How would you compare biking in New York City uh, with biking here in Pittsburgh, which is a city that has Certainly grown its biking population in the last five years, but uh, is probably not at the level of uh, Manhattan. Uh, I, well, I, I've biked as a mode of transportation pretty consistently since I was like 13. Um, the bike infrastructure in Pittsburgh is pretty good. Um after being here for, you know, the couple of months that I've been here and actually having driven around, uh, I am more terrified to ride a bike, <laughs> just seeing how people drive around here. Um, but, I mean, it hasn't deterred me all that much. Um, riding a bike in New York is crazy safe. Like, all the cars are driving really slow. You can't really get going that fast. You, I mean, you can get messed up. In New York, riding a bike, you can get messed up anywhere. Sure. Um, I personally was messed up in Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> um, don't ride a bike in Jacksonville. Um, Blake Bortles can't save you. Fuck. No. And also, anyone that lives in Jacksonville, just fucking kill yourself. Just do it. <laughs> Walk into the swamp. If if it goes, if you can't get past your knees, just lay down and just just let the let it let your life end. Um, I fucking hate Jacksonville. Wow. Uh, that's the actually only one <laughs> real hatred one. <laughs> the rest of the state, perfectly fine. No negative Pretty cool feedback. state. Yeah. Gotta yeah. say, it's where I'm from. Like, Jacksonville. I, Jacksonville is just shit. Wow. It's just 
sprawled out nonsense. Has anything good ever made it out of Jacksonville? Um, Tim Tebow. They said you said good. Oh well. Hey, Tim Tebow, the light, the truth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, Blasphemous here in Pittsburgh. He beat them in the playoffs. I'm just you know I just focus on the family. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> really getting in there. Um, no, but cycling cycling in Pittsburgh is fine. I. I actually one of the reasons that I moved here is that it is a small city geographically. Yes, um, sure. So it makes cycling a possibility, which is nice. Plus, them hills make your fucking legs mad, Diesel, dude. Yeah, yeah, man. My legs are ripped right now. You can't tell, but that's, but that's why I wear skinny jeans so you can like see the yeah, you know. No, no one else. Yeah, yeah. Kate, is that uh, what ladies like? Men with uh, <laughs> men with tight jeans. Tight jeans. And- if you're not showing off the knobs, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> knobs are your knees? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Just Ladies just love the out. knobs, baby. <laughs> yeah. What's your sexiest joint? <laughs> you have to be able to see the kneecap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anybody who has shorts that go below the kneecap. <laughs> what? What nerds. are you hiding? <laughs> uh, you got to show off that the white, white upper thigh. <laughs> Six inch inseam. Yeah. My my personal philosophy is that your shorts are not short enough unless your pockets are out of the bottom of them. Mm, yes. And that's what... You- <laughs> <laughs> yes, agreed. Did, did not expect that response. Yes. Mm-hmm. But yeah. <laughs> Show off them glistening knobs. <laughs> Ladies love knobs. Mm-hmm. Your knees, baby. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I've always been an ankle person. What's- ankle, that's a good joint. Yeah, I no? love it. I love a good ankle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I, I I do like ankles as well. I'm showing mine off right now. Yeah, you got to have the, right there. You got to roll them up. Although my, above, just above the ankle, it's a damn shame because it's <laughs> wide. I have a can I have cankle situation going on, but I don't, <laughs> don't have I mean, a cankle situation. You got to work on your calves a little bit. It sounds like you're doing all this uh, thigh work on the bike. You, you ne- get your calves going on a cycle. I think you might be neglecting the bottom half of the leg. <sighs> I got a you know skipping leg day every time. <laughs> <laughs> I feel a fool. Kate, now that you've had the chance to do improv for six months, have you thought about stand-up? Is there any part of you that has an interest in doing like a, a perspective, either from a character's voice or from your own? Yeah, I mean, I... Um, God. I, I've written a couple sets. I've never done them. I've just... I've gone to a couple open mics, but I haven't really done anything. Yeah. No. No, that's that's intimidating. Sure. It's a different, <laughs> totally different muscle group. I think doing yeah. improv helps you feel comfortable on stage again, but you're still, if you go up there to do stand-up, there's no character to hide behind. If no, that makes sense. If they don't like no. you, it's they don't like It's like if you. Like you. Yeah. It's very much you. It's a persona that you've made. Sure. Yeah. It's like if improv is your thighs, then stand-up. Is your cat? <laughs> and you got to work on them. Yeah, or else you'll a, have. Well, there's a level of forgiveness angles. if you do something in improv that isn't funny because you just came up with it. Who could expect you to be funny immediately? Yeah. In stand up, you not only thought of it, you came to this bar and waited for them to let you get up here, and this is what you wanted to do with your time. Mm-hmm. And if it's garbage, they don't care. That's true. That's yeah, true. Yeah. It's fun. Oh, man. Uh, there's nothing like there's nothing like a real good solid stand up bomb. <laughs> oh, it's the best 
Best worst feeling in the world. Oh, God. You get off stage and you're just like, am I? I'm a bad person, right? Ooh, I need to leave <laughs> this building. Yeah. And set myself on fire outdoors. I, I had a bad set one time early on in my stand-up career. Uh, and I kicked a wall when I left and I broke my toe. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and just like, you fucking piece of shit. And then, you're so stupid, Max. God damn it. <laughs> and just the next day, it like, hurt to walk and my fucking right? big toe was black and blue. And I was like, well, you got to think things through, buddy. <laughs> um, since you started in New York and now you're based here in Pittsburgh, uh, but obviously you've lived and you have family in different places. Have you gotten to perform in other states? Have you gotten to do any tours? What's been your kind of main focus over the last few years? Um, unfortunately, over the past few years, I've sort of fallen out of doing stand-up as much as I would like. Uh, just because, and this is a common New York City thread, is people move to New York to do stand-up and then realize they can't afford to live and then have to work super hard. Um, and I kind of moved into the cocktail bartending world and that was my working super hard. Um, and it was, uh, kind of a bummer because that is nighttime work Yeah, and I would work, you know, like five nights a week and I have two nights to myself. So, I mean, it, uh, stand up definitely took a hit. Yeah, it's always that. been interesting to me that that such a draw from the acting and comedy and different arts fields towards, you know, bartending and restaurants when those hours are so yeah. incompatible with what it is you're trying it's, to do. It's crazy. Which really is hard. perform at night when people are out doing their entertainment. Yeah, but I, I have uh, I have done a couple tours and uh, I uh, I've performed in other other venues besides yeah. New York City. Um, my first thing was like a couple years in, I, I went out, uh, to Seattle and Tacoma nice. and I featured for my buddy that I met in New York and, uh, he was like doing pretty well over there, uh, or for, like, he was from there and like he did pretty well over there. That's why I moved to New York initially. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I featured for him for two solid weeks, uh, made money doing comedy, got like drink tickets yeah. and got to tell jokes to audiences. It was super, super fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, then from there I didn't go on a tour or get paid for comedy for five years, (laughs) 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 maybe, maybe four, but, um, yeah, then, uh, then some, some friends of mine, uh, a guy named Dean Masello, uh, who, uh, has a, a blog called woke dad, uh, he's from Ohio nice. and, um, he put together this cycling tour called unfortunately named the, Oh God, the name is so bad. <laughs> Laugh strong comedy tour, uh, where we rode our bicycles. Uh, it was myself, uh, a guy named Christian Polanco, Adam Sokol and, uh, and Dean Masello and myself. Nice. Uh, we rode across the state of Ohio from Cincinnati to Cleveland and we uh, look. We hooked up with local uh, bike advocacy groups Very and cool. uh, had shows at all of the major cities. And it was just a that was a super fun tour. And we actually repeated it uh, the two subsequent years after that, uh, replacing Christian Polanco with uh, a guy named Brad Hagen. Um, and yeah, we ended up you know going across the state of Ohio the first year, and then. Uh, by the third year, we were also going into 
uh, Michigan, we did like the Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase and played Toledo, which don't. Yeah. <laughs> now, are you biking between the venues on this tour, or are you just working with bike people in each city? We we uh, we rode our largely rode our bikes. There were a couple kind of like weird cheat days where sure. it was like the the best one was when we had to get from I think Columbus to Worcester, Ohio. Uh, which is a very Jesus-y community. We performed in front of a crucifix. It was terrifying. Um, But (laughs) it was like a 120-mile ride. There was no way we were going to make it. And somehow in Columbus, we picked up like someone had a box truck of some kind. And so we threw our bikes into this box truck. (laughs) (laughs) And we drove like 100 miles and rode the last 20. Uh, But for the most part, it was, you know, a bike from city to city to city. that's and a very then, cool yeah. concept. Yeah. When you said you've been biking most of your life as, mm-hmm. a, as a form of transportation, you mentioned right before we got on mic that you're a vegetarian now. Yeah. Um, are these decisions you've made based on your impact on the world? Are these decisions you came to out of ease, convenience? What sparks somebody other than the amount of denim they own to, <laughs> uh, to choose to be a bike person or a non-meat eater? Um. Well, the bike thing was just because I I started riding BMX bikes when I was 12 or 13 uh, and just got really into it. And so bikes I came into just because I was like, these dudes are doing six tricks and lighting fires and shit, and I love doing all that. (laughs) (laughs) This looks good. We'll light a fire. We'll jump over that fire. Hell yeah. Um, And so that that sold me on bikes for forever. And I don't think I need to explain anything past that. (laughs) Um, but you could obviously drive you could obviously maybe not in new york yeah here in pittsburgh you could be a car person if you wanted to be um i mean i i I mean i I did live in florida until i was 22 and so there was a lot of driving i did do a lot of driving but i still rode my bike for more often transportation um it was probably mostly from when i started college like 18 um and just uh yeah it, I, it just makes so much sense to ride a bike from point A to point B. Like I hate driving and like kind of the, you have to pay every time the you're, you're paying money every time you drive. Yeah, sure. Like it, anytime it's you just gas or parking or right. insurance uh, or anything else. Yeah. yeah. And with a bike, you're just like, Oh, well I'm propelling myself. You have obviously you've paid for the bike unless you've stolen it. In which case, good on you. Um, well done thief. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's, you, you end up getting stronger and getting from point A to point B in a fun way. I just, that's what bike's about. And the vegetarian thing is, um, a lot of my family's vegetarian and, uh, through actually bicycling or cycling, I kind of learned more and more about environmental impact stuff. Uh, and more than riding a bike or buying a hybrid car or anything like that, being vegetarian is saves a ton of carbon from going into the atmosphere. Um, and so, like again, like you offered me a bottle of water, I have my own bottle. Like I'm just super environmental nerdy. Be mindful, uh, obnoxious. Of what you do in the yeah. world, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. That's a good outlook to have. And one question I have been bringing to my guests, and I'll I'll open it to you first, Kate, and then Max. Um, what can we do to make the human experience better for people here on this planet, whether it's in Pittsburgh, what could we do better? Cause we fall short all the time. We're mm-hmm. only human. 
And I know that's mm. a big, deep question, but that's what the show's about, getting deep with people. Wow. Um, well, God. <laughs> I really think that most social problems and most environmental problems, everything kind of comes back to, I think, the quality of life that we're willing to give to other people. Like, the the amount of respect we're willing to give to other people. And I think that it's just been so imbalanced, especially in this country, because most people have been looked at as undesirable and unworthy of the necessities of life. And it's just a really inhumane way to look at human beings and the things that we need. And everything kind of gets traced back to what you do for a living and how much value supposedly you bring to society. Sure. And that's all monetized. And unfortunately, a lot of the people who make the most money bring the least amount of value. And it's a very imbalanced system. Um, so I really think that wealth redistribution would probably... I, you hear more and more about universal basic income and all these ideas that other countries have implemented. And you, I'm always curious well, about how universal it, basic implement, income has not been implemented by any country. There's some testers in like okay. Finland, but like there's not. But it's not on a nationwide no. scale. I'm always curious how that would actually work, especially at the scale of the size of what the U.S. is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How far maybe we are far too far gone down this path of. The no, great, there's the a great there's, experiment. There's enough money. If we just kill like four people, we can take their money. Okay. And it'll support the rest <laughs> of the country. Get those bike thieves that we mentioned earlier. <laughs> mm-hmm. on yeah. yeah, yeah. It. Oh, no. Just, just, all right. If we're looking to make a better world, right? Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Oh. Uh, murder the Koch brothers, but yeah. not before you've murdered every single part of their progeny in front of their very eyes. Um, I think that that is really an important thing. You want the Koch brothers to know that none of their DNA is going to make it past the next hour. Um, you just want them to go there, just be like, oh, well, this is it. And kind of like realize that they're going to be the last to, to get they have God. to see everyone die. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's really what you're looking for. Um, that, uh, murder cops, um, for sure. You want to, you want you, MDC baby, millions of dead cops. Um, Ooh. Oh, let's he even see has what an else. acronym for it. Uh, well, you don't know about <laughs> MDC, ACAB baby. There you go. He's thought um, of the branding for this and everything. Yeah, Max has developed a whole new internet brand. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. ACAB is a well-known uh, set of letters. All cops are bastards. Um, no, I mean, ultimately, the the thing to make the world a better place is to just empathize more. Um, a lot of people seem to have empathy problems uh, where someone is like, oh, these people are like this or these people are like this. And judging uh, instead of going like, well, what if I were, what if the, I had their set of circumstances? Like take a second to picture yourself in someone else's shoes, you know, like and actu- they- actually think about it for a second instead of just going like, well, these motherfuckers are bleh and bleh. And then you're just like, no, 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 think about it. And being comfortable enough to acknowledge it and know that it doesn't 
take away from you or what you have mm-hmm. and being willing to treat another person as an equal, um, even just on a surface level, maybe if, even if you don't believe it in your core self just yet, yeah. um, would work towards that. You think, I think, I don't know that we can ever get to a place where everybody feels like that, mm-hmm. but it would be nice if you just tried once in a while. It feels like things are so black and white, uh, good and evil these days that any sort of moral you know, gymnastics I would have to do to try to align with some of the people in the uh, conservative half of our country, mm. I just don't know that I'm willing to hear them out. I'm willing to have those conversations, but I think... For for a lot of them, it is a struggle to see themselves or see America in general as maybe not the hero of the story all the time. Well, uh, that's 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 a hard concept for everyone to yeah. to not realize. I mean, that they're not only their country, but just that they are maybe a problem. Uh, anytime that you kind of ask yourself tough questions like maybe am I contributing to bad things in the world? Like, and then there's plenty of people that'll just kind of go past that and just go like, no, I'm great. And no, you have, everyone has problems that all have flaws. We all all have flaws and it's important to actually uh, be self-reflective and go, well, how can I better myself? How can it be better to other people? And, um, how can I be more understanding in my everyday life? And I think that those questions are also are really important to ask. Um, or yeah, ask and answer for yourself. Uh, also, oh, bonus content. Um, <laughs> no, it's all right. No. <laughs> I, was, I was just gonna say like, hey, don't have, don't maybe don't have kids. Uh, but like. Population control is something that we don't yeah. talk about nearly enough. But yeah, well, uh, at some point then we you're, will you, outnumber the resources, but we should empower people to make their own decisions. Yeah, there's a lot of sli- slippery slopes that you can end up on with that. Um, but you know, if you're talking about the world running out of resources and uh, the rapid climate change that we will all have to deal with, um, first of all, if you have children, you are burdening <coughs> your child with a future that is going to have catastrophic weather systems and drought and uh, a a ton of more refugees than we have currently. Um, And then the other thing is that uh, probably the most damaging thing that you can do to to the environment, the most carbon consuming thing you can do is to add another human being to that pool. Uh, Think about adoption, fostering kids. Uh, There's plenty of ways that you can contribute and raise a human being that are uh, besides the selfish act of, you know, coming in someone and then, or letting someone come in you and just going like, we'll just deal with this, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of people are not uh, prepared for the actual ramifications that come with parenthood, Mm -hmm. but that's a whole nother uh, conversation on where to take things. Yep. I love it. It's beautiful. Kate, anything to add? Mm. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, it sounds like Max doesn't ever want kids. Now that Meh. I have a couple of friends who just adopted their fourth child who was previously in the foster system. Nice. They adopted a kid when he was seven, another one when he was five and two when they were 11. 
So they were kids who really didn't have homes sure. prior to that, or they had been removed from their homes because of like, bad situations. And it's really wonderful to see because there are like, I think about 200,000 kids in the U S foster system. Yeah. I had an episode right at the end of 2017. There's an improviser in town. who's a very good friend of mine, Andrea Weatherald, who her husband and her have uh, fostered for the last year. Hmm. And we talked a little bit about that experience. So I commend anybody who has that much love in their heart that they're willing to, to take in people that don't have, uh, you know, a core family that's invested in their life and what's going on. Yeah. That, I mean, that is a, that's a super selfless act and it's really, really rad when people do it. With this show being, it's nice to see he's working. My initial concept was just trying to talk to people in our community about how they balance doing what they love doing, whether it's acting, doing improv, performing comedy, with earning enough money to be a viable human being and live a life and afford to be on this planet. So I know you mentioned being broke and poor in New York. Mm -hmm. Um, What types of jobs have you had to do to supplement comedy? Or how have you found careers that lend themselves to this type of work? Uh, I'm still still kind of uh, trying to get that balance. Uh, I'm trying to... I I just uh, quit a bar that they kind of overworked me at. uh, And I'm looking for a lot of daytime work. But in the time that I've been doing comedy <laughs> God uh, there was a time that I was a day laborer um, I was putting up drywall for 50 bucks a day uh, that was that was probably my darkest time <laughs> was I didn't have any money in the bank physical labor yeah I was yeah. putting up drywall for some just random people that I kind of knew 50 bucks a day and like living in New York and that's my that was my only income. Yeah. And that was that was pretty miserable. Um I've worked as a professional mover before. That uh that's maybe the worst job ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a rich person going, Don't hurt my things, and you're just like, Why did you get a cut rate? Do you see me? I'm not that strong. <laughs> you just should have paid more for movers. Like, this uh, was a mistake. Yeah. You had fucked up. And they're just like, well, we're going to move from this nice place to this other really nice place. Also, working as a mover, for some reason, I don't know if this translates to Pittsburgh or the surrounding area as well, but door guys hate movers. For some fucking reason, you're just like, we got to move all this stuff in here. And they're like, you used the fucking elevator. And you're like, welcome in the front. Okay, you make more money than I do (laughs) and probably have health insurance. So you could be nice, maybe? I I never worked as a mover, but I did spend a summer working at a U-Haul dealership, and I learned very quickly that that is where all of my customer service skills come from, because you're dealing with people on the worst day, because if they had any money, they would have hired even a jamoke like you to move their (laughs) stuff, (laughs) but they didn't. These are people who I've overcharged for a truck, who then just went and spent their entire day moving everything they own Mm -hmm. from one place to another. They haven't had time to unpack it yet, because I need them to get back by 3 p.m. so I can sell this truck to another family tonight, and if they don't bring it back with enough gas, i got to charge them more, if they... you know, use the dolly we put in there. It was just these, you see these people so burnt out and tired and they just want to yell at somebody and you're like, well, this is the rule. So Mm -hmm. I'll just, please thank you. Give me my (laughs) truck back now. Yeah, no, I would not 
want to work at a U-Haul place. <laughs> God damn. Kate, what about you? What types of work have you been able to do uh, to supplement your theater pursuits? Mm. Uh, when I was younger, I did a lot of I did a lot of stuff. I lived in New York and I had to have at some points like four different jobs. Oh, sure. Just to function. I lived with this couple. They were older, but they had this really nice house and they let me live in their daughter's bedroom. She didn't live there anymore. I had to wear her clothes. We didn't and bunk. <laughs> called by her name. She had died when she was about my age. Yeah. I had uh, to I had pretend to, to be yeah. her. Yes. <laughs> Every year on March 15th, I needed to <laughs> go and recreate. No. But no, I, I just helped them take care of their house. Sure. I did a lot of odd jobs for them. And I lived there. But I also worked at an acting studio. I was a secretary. Um, I worked at a co-op. I uh, tried to do, um, oh, what do you call it? Telemarketing. Sure. I did that for one day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I worked as, um, oh gosh, I was a summer camp counselor. I did that. And um, now I'm a photographer. Oh, very That's cool. That's kind of what I've landed on. Yeah. I started doing that when I moved to Pittsburgh and I've done it ever since I moved to LA I did it there and it's nice because it is flexible and and sometimes the work is on weekends but it's not is that more like wedding stuff or do you do like portraits and things like that too Mm -hmm. very cool it's a nice variety and still an artistic pursuit yeah it's fun I like it do you with with the innovations of cameras on our phones today a lot of people would say you don't need fancy equipment or things like you can just use your iphone um is that true should i be taking more pictures and instagramming is that what the show needs oh yeah, yeah. actually you, you probably should be your social media presence dog <laughs> All right, i'm gonna start taking pics here in the episode yeah I'll tweet hold on give me give me a, give me like i recorded the whole time oh yeah you're cool guy lean yeah hold there on oh go. let's got it was it he's not gonna fall no i got it now that's serious. a good photograph. That's Ab some, work that's some quality dead air. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> this has been delightful. If the listeners would like to find either one of you on social media or come to any of your shows in the second half of April, what do you find folks have going on? Oh, um, we have shows here every Thursday at 8 o'clock, and they're free. Stop down to the Unplanned Comedy Warehouse so. every Thursday night. House teams performing. Yeah. Uh, I am not currently booked on any shows. Uh, <laughs> Max is available for your stand-up Go gigs. ahead. Book me. Uh, you can find me, however, uh, on Twitter, which I don't post to, so follow me there, uh, and Instagram at the same handle, at puke and garbage, all spelled out, because that's how I feel about social media. Nice. It's all puke and garbage. Um, <laughs> the other thing is that I am on... I am uh, the the half uh, one half of a podcast called Defending the Doors that actually just uh, was released to iTunes. It is a uh, it is a debate podcast where we go album by album through the Doors catalog, and uh, I fucking hate them. And <laughs> my friend really loves them. Uh, his name is Kevin Frolix. Uh, but yeah, check out Defending the Doors. And Kevin Frolix is also on social medias. 
Um, and hopefully uh, we do another kind of series like that. Another pick another band that one of you hates and well he hates loves. Tom Petty and I'm a huge Petty file so um, that's a quality uh, <laughs> name for Tom Petty fans yeah yeah, yeah I really <laughs> didn't yeah. want to go with uh, the heartbreak enthusiasts no nah, no nope, you really want the one that people can misconstrue hard <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I I fucking love Tom Petty and so I hope that both in the Hall of Fame. So maybe one day I'll get to listen to them. Mm-hmm. And if you want to find me, you can find me on social media at Dropping Bombs, B-A-U-M-S. Again, check out patreon.com slash title bomb to become one of the beautiful bombshells. And here are beautiful bonus content. Our top 10 soups. <laughs> well, well worth the price of admission. Yeah, that's it. No, those are there's some solid, solid soups. soups. Yeah, <laughs> liquids, some of them too. Solid no, no, no. no. <laughs> 103 <laughs> weeks. Yeah, uh, that's it. What do you say, kids? Uh, thank you very much for having me on. Enjoy yeah. that CD, dude. Oh, thank you. The Mountain Coats uh, official Get Lonely uh, radio only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> I, I had a, uh, the regular copy in my car, so I figured I'd give you the other one. That was very nice of you. No problem, I dude. Don't get many gifts on this show from the guests. So well, you got some shitty guests. <laughs> well, it took 103 <laughs> weeks, but I feel pretty good. Hey, no problem. You guys hey. are pretty neat. Thanks, Kate. Yeah, thanks, thanks for Max. letting me be on here, even though I wasn't supposed to be. <laughs> it was a very nice bonus <laughs> guest. Make sure you check out my dog, Carl. I've had a few of the members on this podcast, so yeah. check them out on Thursdays. And... You can find me doing stand-up. If you listen to this the day it comes out, I'll be down at Spirit Lounge for Comedy Fefe with James Phelps and a whole slew of great comedians here in town. And thanks to all the people we just met during the Burning Bridges Festival this past weekend. Y'all were delightful. Oh, I hope you enjoyed the beer that I brought for you. You have been listening to Unplanned Comedy Pods, a podcast collective.